Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Geraldo Maglara, and welcome to another podcast episode of A Fit Life on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? In today's episode, we are going to discuss about the importance of emotional intelligence in communications interactions and why they're becoming important in today's landscape. Joining me on the show is Deidre Breckenridge. She is the CEO of Pure Performance Communications, which helps professionals to ignite their engagement, lead the conversation, and grow their influence through empowered communications. So without further ado, please help me welcome to the show Deidre Breckenridge. Hi, Deidre. How are you? Hi, Geraldo. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing terrific. You have done a lot of things. <laughs> well, thank you. That, that's great. And I was like, wow, I, I don't know, even know where to start, but it's always nice to start off with um, when I have guests on the show. Basically, just tell me a little bit about yourself and your goals. So take it away, please. Oh, well, thank you. So it's great to be with you. I guess about myself, uh, career-wise, I am a career-long storyteller. Uh, I love to write. So of course that includes being an author. I've published several books over the course of my career. I actually have one coming out in uh, 2021 in February called Answers for Ethical Marketers. And, you know, throughout my career, I've always helped professionals to ignite their stories and to really lead market conversations and grow influence. And I've done it through the art and science of storytelling, but now I've pivoted to make sure that we include uh, what I call feel in our approach, a feel lens, because emotional intelligence is really important today. Let's tap onto that, um, that emotional intelligence, uh, which is through, done through communications and interactions. And I guess it is becoming increasingly more important today. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes. So think about the, the media landscape, the world we live in, the issues that are out there. You know, we're in the middle of a presidential election. <laughs> that <laughs> yes. was yesterday, right? There's a global pandemic. There's racial injustice. And what's happening is that all of the healthy discourse and the way that we would connect as humans and have our conversations have changed so much. And I don't know, it, it could be a function of social media and technology, but you see a lot of um, knee-jerk reactions and people bonking heads, frustration and upset. And you know, when you're emotionally intelligent, that alleviates a lot of the anger and frustration because you become more self-aware and then you can manage your own emotions and then manage somebody else's. So that's why now with all the heightened frustration and anxiety, it's so important to incorporate this into 
our daily practice and communication. Tell me a little bit about the origins of the FEEL model, the F-E-E-L model. So that is something where um, it's a very sad, tragic loss that my family and I experienced. Um, it's, a, it's a loss that led to a purpose. So we lost my stepdaughter, uh, who is a 24-year-old millennial. Okay. And it was absolutely heartbreaking. And um, when that happened, all I wanted to do was to talk to other millennials to see what they were thinking and feeling, right? Mm -hmm. So I went off on this passion project, not knowing it would lead to a research study or Cation's model. And I basically interviewed over a hundred millennials and I asked them the same questions over and over again about what they were thinking and, and feeling, but more to the point of how do they show up to conversations? How do they want to be perceived? What did they expect from the people around them? How did they build trust? What did a relationship mean to them? And what, what did they need? And quickly from the stories, when I looked at all the data and it was a lot, it carved out a model, which is feel. And that stands for face fears, engage with empathy, use ethics and good judgment and unleash your love. And that's what they were asking for, especially from the people that they look up to and the leaders in their lives. So it sounds like to me that with all of the technology, people are still in need of that, that interaction. I have two kids as well. One is you know 25 and she's in the city. And then I also have a son who's 21. He's just finishing up college. But it's in, I make it a, a priority to speak with them and to them, and, and sometimes to set away all these gadgets, these these uh, screens and the emails and the twitters. And the, so I think is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, so step number one is to sort of cut out all the external chatter. So I mentioned the the F is the face your fears, and mm -hmm. the E is the empathy. And if you just look at those two parts of the model. Um, we can't be facing fears means being open and inclusive. You can't do that if you've got technology pinging and binging and you're not, you know, connecting as humans, like, like you said. And the same thing with empathy. How can you be empathetic if you're really not listening because you're so distracted by thousands of signals that you're getting because social media is set up to give you a dopamine hit every time there's a notification. And when you gravitate to that, you lose the signals from the people around you, which are really important, especially your children. That's a great point. What can people do to incorporate emotional intelligence into their interactions and communications? So I would say, I mean, very simply to start slowing it down. I mean, in order to be aware of somebody else, you have to become self-aware and you have to be motivated to do this. So that does mean, um, you know, whatever it takes to carve out time with your family and put the smartphone away. We had a rule at dinner that you couldn't have your smartphones. And, and we did that because we, you know, Noelle, who, who passed away, she had three brothers and sisters. Um, and the thing was, is that we always said, don't bring your phone to the table. And that was tough. And we, we saw the kids sneaking in every so often, um, but that is one way to do it. It's also to make sure you carve out time to exercise, to take good care of yourself, right? You want to make sure 
that you're breathing deeply in the fresh air, getting away from the computer. Um, you want to make sure that you, you know, take a walk or surround yourself with nature because these are all ways also to lessen your anxiety. So that would be a start. In order to start tuning in, then be good to yourself. And meditation also helps. Yeah, by the way, I had the same rule <laughs> in our family. You know, we, when you come to the, the dinner table, please put, put away the computers, put away the phones, and let's have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, right? How, how are you doing? You know, how, how was your day? What did you, or is there something that you want to talk about? Or something that's bothering you, right? Yes. Do you know that game? I don't know if you ever played it with your kids, but we used to do it called Best Parts, Worst Parts. And we would go around and each one of us, whoever said, hey, let's play best parts, worst parts would have to start. <laughs> and you would say, what was the best part of your day? And what was the worst part of your day? And it was funny because my husband would always say, why am I always in somebody's worst part? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um, disciplinarian. <laughs> no, I completely agree. Um, talk to me a little bit about pure performance communications. So at Pure Performance, um, like I said, we help professionals to really get their brands out there and to do it in a way so that they um, are true to their own passion, but they match the passion that's in the market so that they can speak as authorities. So a lot of it is branding. A lot is, it's not just your messaging and talking points. It's also tapping into what's going on in your communities, in the news. And then it is a lot of media. What is the best media? What is the best way to reach the people that you need to reach? And how can you also uh, work with all kinds of influencers? Because we know today it's not your traditional media. It could be, you could, you could be on a, a TV show. However, mm -hmm. it's podcasters, it's bloggers, it's YouTubers. There's lots of opportunities to connect to influencers. All right, so what you're saying is that when you have these, um, these opportunities in order to effectively communicate with other people, you need to put more of your, yourself in it. Is that what it is? Absolutely. So that's where the feel comes into it. Because even, um, so think of it this way. Once you understand what your passion is and your purpose, Mm -hmm. and you have messages to share, whether it's about your brand, your thought leadership, or your products, you are sort of, I call it passion potential. You're okay. meeting the potential of the market and you're monitoring very closely through social media or through any kind of research that you're doing. Once you get to that point, think of it this way. We all know that you need strategy to get to a point of connection, right? When right. you're at that point of engagement, that's the point that you can say, is this going to be a simple engagement on social media? Is this going to be a one-off? Is this going to be a transaction? Or is this going to be a real relationship, an ongoing, genuine, loyal, based, you know, there's advocacy, trust. That's when you apply feel. So when you can apply that model and you're facing your fears so that you can tap into others and you have empathy and you're applying your ethics and good judgment and you unleash your energy and passion, you are more likely to connect with the people who want that, appreciate that, and that's where you get the real relationship. Let me switch gears for a second here. So what do you do, Deirdre, to, to stay in shape? Because obviously 
the podcast is called a fit life. So tell me basically, what do you do to stay in shape? I have a regimen every single day and I make sure that I'm either walking in my neighborhood, um, listening to my little videos that are very motivational, inspirational, or I'm on my elliptical or mm -hmm. I'm in on my treadmill if it's raining. So I try to carve out about 30 to 60 minutes and that feels just really good for me. And, you know, I don't, in, in addition to the exercise part of it, I also feel that to be at your best, I do take every morning to meditate for 45 minutes. I was just and about that, to ask that question. <laughs> yes, that clears my mind, that sets me up for the day. It's good intentions. I get excited for the day. I have more energy. And then when I do exercise, which is in the afternoon, I have more energy going into the night. That is awesome. And how's your dieting? So, you know what, even though we, um, we haven't been to a supermarket in quite a long time now, <laughs> so uh, here's a plug for Whole Foods. There you go. <laughs> uh, so we do a lot of ordering of our groceries, um, although I do miss Wegmans and we will go back. Um, <laughs> There's another so plug, yeah. <laughs> we try to eat a lot of fish, mm -hmm. which it's always what feels good. So I, I don't eat any red meat, uh, I don't eat any poultry but we eat a lot of fish, um, many, many vegetables. So that is one thing, you know, we're, we're into the kale, we're into the Brussels sprouts, all of the dark green veggies. And I just find, and I like to do shakes too, okay. um, not every day, but you know, those protein shakes. And I feel like the combination between the diet, the exercise, the meditation, the reading, the affirmations, it all kind of works. Works together, right? Yes. <laughs> Uh, I know you're coming out with the new book, uh, but there's one that you already have written. Uh, I believe that was a cooperation with your husband. So let's talk about the I Whisper from Noel, if you could. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, um, this is a children's book, and I did not expect to be writing a children's book with my husband. It was inspired by Noel's passing. And it's interesting because... I was working on the feel model after Noel passed away. Mm -hmm. And that was a way for me to understand. It was part of my grieving process. And Mark had sort of, um, for a couple of years, didn't know what he wanted to do. He knew he wanted to do something in Noel's memory. And his, um, sadly, his dad also passed away mm -hmm. this year during COVID. And he remembered that um, his dad used to read to Noel all the time. <laughs> and that memory stuck in his head and, and he would walk in on them and they would always be passed out after reading. The children's book. <laughs> so he came to me, right? And he said, I really want to write a children's book. And when he said it, I thought, oh my gosh. Okay. So feel started with millennials and it was after Noel passed, but feel and feelings is so important for children in the home with parents so that they can talk to one another and share values and explore feelings. And we just married the mm. two ideas. And I literally meditated one morning and came up with the entire story. When I was done with meditation, I took out my journal. I wrote the whole thing. I typed it up. I gave it to Mark. He was like, whoa, where did this come from? <laughs> and we sent it over to an, a publisher, got accepted. We got an illustrator. 
And it's also, um, we're working with Noelle's undergraduate school. All proceeds go to her college and the psychology department. They've set up an award. It's called the Noelle Scribola Outstanding Scholar Award. Wow, that's terrific. Tell me, just, just tell me a little bit about Noelle. What do you remember about her? Oh my gosh. So first of all, Noelle was, she embodied feel. Uh, she actually taught me how to meditate. Um, she did self-guided meditations. She was very active. So when she did her undergraduate work, she was very active and giving um, to, she was president of Active Minds, which okay. was mental health awareness organization. She was the president. Mm -hmm. um, she also was a part of the Best Buddies program, which was wonderful. After she graduated, she worked um, for a center that had um, children on the autism okay. spectrum. She worked there. She was a volunteer for hospice. She had her master's degree when she went over to Spain. She was just gifted mm. and talented and such a beautiful person. So we wanted to make sure, and she loved research. She was headed toward career in psychology. And um, she was actually the recipient of that award that I mentioned, mm. the first yeah. award. And in the spirit of her and the research that she did, that's why we wanted to partner with TCNJ to let her le legacy live on. That's terrific, really good. All right, here's my question. You know, left field question that I throw to everybody. <laughs> you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Where do you see yourself five years from now? My goodness. So in five years from now, <laughs> I see myself doing a lot of feel communications work. I see it in the form of retreats. Um, I also see more books, which could be something related to feel and this model and all of the research that I've done. Excellent. Deidre, give me your, your social media handles so that I can uh, promote them on my social media and for everybody to uh, either connect with you. Thank you. So I'm at Deep Breckenridge on Twitter mm -hmm. and Instagram. You can always connect with me on LinkedIn. And I also have um, a YouTube channel, the Deirdre Breckenridge channel for my show, Women Worldwide, which is a podcast. That is terrific. Deirdre, thank you so much for being on the show. It was very inspirational and, and, and motivational for me. I'm going hit to the, hit the ground running for sure. And, and thank you for sharing your personal stories as well. Um, this, is what, uh, you know, this is what I like to do, and I like to connect with people as much as I can. So thank you again for being on the show, and uh, we'll be, um, I'm sure we'll be talking to one another or run into one another since we yeah. live close <laughs> shortly. Thank you so much. I appreciate well, it. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to be with you. Thank All you. All right. Thank you. Well, that is it for this episode of A Fit Life. I want to thank our guest, Deidre Breckenridge, for being on the show. Very interesting conversation. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. And if you did, please subscribe and rate this show on iTunes. We are available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Any comments or questions you would like to submit, you can do so at Eraldo Meglara on Instagram and Twitter. In closing, if you are interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. For a fit life, I'm Araldo Meglara, here on the Believe Podcast Network.
the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.